0: Hi, welcome to another show with John Taylor, your host of Keep Sharing. We are now moving through the seasons, we're into season two, and I'm currently about to share with you episode seven of season two. Season one was really ex- exciting, and we got some amazing people through, talking about different dynamics of the golf and game. We had club makers, we had people who were golf journalists, and we had, we had people from all over the world um, designing golf courses in Mauritius. And I, the next guest that I'm going to bring onto the show is somebody that uh, we've been sharing some posts on social media. We're part of the same golfing platforms. We've seen each other's posts, we've liked, we've commented. And I reached out to the next guest and asked if he would like to come on the show and share his story about his experience in the golfing world. So, welcome to the show, Stephen Sewak. Is that how you say your name? Um, you know, welcome to the show and I would you know I'm really thankful that you're going to give us a bit of time and share with us your golfing experience you're an ex-professional golfer who started your career in 1994 and played throughout the 90s so welcome No oh, thank you no problem we were just discussing before we started the show here about your successes in, in the game of golf do you just want to Tell us why you got into golf and what inspired you to pick up a club for the first time.
1: Well, um, as, a, as a young child, um, I, I struggled with something called dyslexia, where school, for me, was always a struggle. Now, my, my grandfather, um, retired Air Force and very avid golfer. Um, got me into golf, and it was something I, I actually excelled at to where I, I really feel like the, the addiction behavior that I show really started to come into play there because now you have a kid that struggles nine months out of the year with education but gets to the golf course and now has something that he's good at. So, I really put a lot of attention into golf. Um, You know, if it was hitting wiffle balls in the yard, or if it was spending countless hours on the putting green, or if it was playing upward of probably 100 holes, when back in the day, mom and dad would drop you off at sunup, pick you up at sundown as juniors. You know, we would play as many holes as we could where I guess it was um, probably 1986 where I really started playing a lot of junior events. And I got very lucky because the AJGA back then was very limited, meaning you would have guys travel all across the U.S. uh, for two events a year where you'd be there and it'd be, you know, they may have been outside my age bracket for a minute, but you'd be on the range with the likes of Phil Nicholson. You would, you know, in my age bracket, you know, Tiger Woods. Um, And you would have the opportunity to compete against the best players in the country and a few from the, in the world. Um, We would get some over from Korea. We'd get, to where you really be able to know how to better yourself and then I guess it was 1989 to jump forward a few years I joined a country club that had a wonderful junior program and it was guys here in this state of Maryland um when we came up here that I met like a, a Canadian tour player George Bradford um, was a member. Uh, We had a PGA Tour player. Um, uh, We we had, I mean, we just had so many great players. Um, We had the Hanselmans, uh, Wayne and Wade Hanselman that hung around. Um, Glenn Barrett, our head golf professional, Um, as far as head professionals go in for section play, uh, one of the best. Um, at the time we had mem- and for me that really 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 showed what good golf was um, so again you know think of me as a young guy trying to make it through school and that was a daily struggle and then all of a sudden i get to the golf course and as soon as I t- tied my golf shoes on now I have now, this young guy that could have been coming from school at times after failing everything all day, uh, literally, or or if not failing and struggling, now he gets to the golf course and, you, you know, you've got guys coming up. Oh, Steve, are you playing with today? You want to play in our group? You want to play? And to where now there's a sense of belonging and... For me, that just made me become more addicted to it, want to become better and better and better. So after high, after high school, uh, my college, uh, because of grades, as you, as you can probably imagine, didn't go anywhere. So I decided to turn professional. Um, I, and a guy named Buddy Young had something called the North Atlantic Tour. That essentially went from Vermont to Maine. Um, so I went up there and played for my first professional year. Um, we had great guys. Uh, we had the late uh, uh, J.L. Lewis at the time. Um, we had guys like Pete Morgan, Pat Bates, uh, Victor Leone. I mean, um, these guys can golf their ball. They um, were very good. Extremely good, and for some reason, when I got there, um, they took me under my under their wing. Um, you know, we'd always play practice round. We uh, very it was almost like a family. Um, I became very comfortable, and all of a sudden, I started actually not just showing up, but actually competing, actually having the opportunity to win. Um, I'd never won on the North Line before. But I had a couple seconds um, to where from there, now the money was a bit on the light side. So they had something called the Space Coast Tour down in the Miami area at the time. And the wintertime, a gentleman by the name of Victor Leone was like, you know, Steve, are you coming down? I was like, might as well. Um, now we're into bigger, bigger entry fees. We're into, we're into real golf. We're into, um, you know, guys that can really, really, really play. Um, And not that the North North Atlantic Tour wasn't, but there was a handful of guys. Now we're into a field of 60 guys that can flat out play. And then from there, you're either going to make it or you're going to break it. And, again, I've got sort of kind of a personality where I've always sort of kind of fit in and to where I wanted to play with the best of the best. Um so we had you know Jeff Hart um, great player we had all these great, great players and I tried to make sure that I was grouped in a practice round playing with them that way if I was not being able to compete with them in the practice round I wouldn't be able to compete in the tournament with them so after a while what I really learned is I got comfortable it felt like huh and now I actually started putting together a win here, a win there. And for me, that kept guys wanting to sponsor me, that kept people wanting to throw money at me and say, go do it. If that had been from the local club, um, there was a small baseball card shop down in Miami that you know they decided they were gonna throw me entry fees every week. Uh, where now is at I I guess a crossroads. Um do I go try to play the PGA tour? Do I go? But this is when we decided let's go overseas and play. Um where the Latino tour had come up in conversation, uh European tour. Um the but I I settled on the Big Easy tour. Uh or I guess it's also known as the Sunshine Tour over in South Africa, where now you're you're playing for more money, but yet you're playing. I guess we'll put it in the same category as many tours, meaning you, you know you don't have a Tiger Woods or a Phil Mickelson or an Arnie Ellis, you, you know, going in there and dominating the field. You have got guys where you're putting together, you know, good numbers, solid numbers. At the time, it was four, five, six hundred for the week, and you, you were in contention. Um, that gave me the drive to where I was able to go over there and, and play for a couple years and do quite well. And then over here in the United States, um, with the Hooters Tour, uh, the Teardrop Tour, the Armor Tour, you started getting some really, really good mini tours. And by this time, I got fortunate that. I came up with enough backers to be able to say, look, I'm going to go play this Hooters tour. Michael Jordan had just put his name on it called the Jordan Hooters tour. And it was guaranteed 50,000 to the winner, but the money to get in was extremely expensive. I think it was 50,000 for the season. Um, and with backers, that was no big deal. But now you're playing. Where I had two small kids at the time, at that time, um, that are doing very well right now, Um, and it it was a no-brainer. We can go out there and play, make a living, feed our family, keep food food on the table. That's always very important. Um, If you're unable to keep food on the table, I highly recommend you find a new career. And life was great. Um, you know, I would jump to the teardrop tour, the Hooters Jordan tour. Um, I played a few on the Armor Tour. Um I I played some of the API tour events. Um and you, so as life went on, um, you know, what what I what really started happening was he'd finish seventh or eighth, make a check be able to feed your family. And then with our economy here, well, now Michael Jordan has taken his name off the Hooters Jordan tour. Um, Hooters Hooters tour after that, uh, I think it went one more season and then disappeared the teardrop tour uh, that was sponsored by the teardrop putter company went under um, the armor tour, Uh, same story where you still got this South Florida tour, very good tour, but what you have is now you have $1,000 $1, entry fees. And young guys this day and age have gotten really, really, really good um, to where to win a two-day event on, like, the South Florida tour. The numbers right now are between 16, 16 and 19 under. Um, that's phenomenal that's just unheard of to where all this is happening. And unfortunately me and my wife at the time weren't really working out. Um, so I was going through divorce. I was going through, uh, where do I play? Um, and then I took up uh, um, alcoholism, set in with me um, and most people that follow my golf career um, are very supportive. Um, and I so appreciate that. Um, to where now I, you know, now I'm trying to hang back and wait to the champion store and I'm fighting alcoholism. And believe me, fighting alcoholism is worse than fighting a snap But it's the same thing to fight addiction as it is to fight a snap You have to come up with a team, you have to come up with a team of people that have been there, done that, that know how to move on with life. So that's what I've done. Um, and and that's pretty much my story. I mean, I could get into, hey, I won this, I won that. Um, but, you know, at the end of it, and, and at the end of my career, I can sit here and really feel grateful that I got to experience playing a game for a living, that in a lot of ways, even though, you know, there's not all this great, hey, I did this, I did that. But the people I've come across, I was phenomenal. The opportunities I had
0: to be out there.
1: Um, again. Say that
0: again? No, I'm saying, yeah, just the-
1: I mean, it was great. I mean, like a a couple, a few years ago, we went out to, uh, to a a golf tournament here and it was pretty cool. Um, I took some friends from, uh, um, my addiction group and we went out and, you know, walking up to a tee box was Tiger Woods and Tiger looked over and he said, you look familiar and I said it and he was like, oh man, it was like long time, you know. And came over and gave me a quick little hug and said, play well. And, you, you know, it's where you really – it's really cool at the end. Even though, believe me, I'm a guy that chased a white ball for a living for a dream that never probably ever got to the point that I needed to get to or I wanted to get to. And, you know, you chase it, you chase it, you chase it. But, but i really – do stuff like this when it's like I'm doing a podcast or if I'm doing an interview, it's, it's really like, wow. But yet I, I was able to stay out there for 23 years of my life, 23 years of my life and chase that dream, just have the opportunity to chase that dream. Um, to me, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that and you, you, you know do I recommend somebody say out there that's chasing a dream and that dreams gets to a point where it's not catchable? Probably not because it adds a, a, a lot of friction, a lot of friction into your life um, where you know I look back and I think, well if I would have just you know got a normal job, played at a club, played, you know, four or five events a year, um, my life would be so much different today. Um, You know, I've got friends like Chip Sullivan um, out of Virginia, a great great head head professional, uh, great great player, Um, got great playing resume. He's played in some PGA Tour events, some nationwide tour events and as well as other things. And I think he's one our Maryland open here. Um, so, so I do stress that I, I, I do stress that, you know, if, if, you know, if you go chase your dream and it's not really catchable and we all know if it is going to be or not, um, then yeah, there's other, there's other dreams. Um, you, you know, I, am I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, a buddy of mine out of Texas uh, and, you know, Ben Curran, Ben Curran, awesome head golf professional, fantastic player. I mean, for God's sakes, he almost won the PGA championship. Um, He's, he won the top. um, He he actually ended up winning the, um, the top, uh, top golf um, championship. So where it really does, um, make one think wow why didn't i do that instead of chasing this to where yeah i mean that's just completely uh the way i feel and it's really a direction i would probably set more guys like
0: myself it's a phenomenal journey that you've been on and i'm listening to the early part of it and when you found yourself struggling at school and then going to the golf course and then practicing with all of these great people, that purpose within you. When we when we have a sense of who we want to be and where we're going with things, from a young age, I knew I wanted to join the military and that's what I've done. I went and joined. I just put everything to one side. I wasn't very good at school. I went to a lot of different schools with traveling around. I didn't really fit in. But then you find this thing and you become part of it and you end up travelling and you're a young person, you're travelling to South Africa at a young age, away from your homeland, even just putting up with them struggles. and But doing the thing that you love, is the first thing that I'm picking up on, is the, the one desire, the passion, the going out there and believing in yourself that you can compete and play the, the, and do the thing that you, that your true calling tells you to do. You, and you said you couldn't get a normal job, but you would not have been happy. And people find themselves doing things just for doing them's sakes, without having to physically go out and find their true love. And, and that true love comes with a sacrifice. It does. It comes with a lot of sacrifice because you take yourself away. You want to do this thing so much that it just becomes your whole purpose of life to do. And that sounds like what you've done throughout your whole life. You've, you've lived on that path. Wow. And, and you're grateful for that as well, and you're thankful for every single moment, the people that you've met along the way, and that never really leaves us. What, you know, the, and playing at that top level, not many people make it to that level. And the dream can get further away from you. It's interesting you use the word chasing as well, because sometimes when we're chasing something, that word, the thing that we want, can get further away because we're chasing something and right. these, these people use that language and I've I've noticed that with some of my clients so I'm chasing this and I'm like what other word can you use instead of trying to chase something about how can you become present to know that the thing that you want will unfold in front of you through the work that you put in so you don't end up chasing and then because you just get disappointed which happens you know because you just come second or third or you're in the top ten you're so close to getting that that finishing podium position. And it's, it's beautiful to, to share that, journey. Really. And as I'm listening to you, I'm picturing this young this young boy maturing into a man around people who have inspired him. And t- for Tiger Woods to recognise you as well, and I think that is amazing that people don't forget. That's, that's good.
1: Right. And, and John, what what why what why we're actually on um is it okay if i take a minute and just talk about my life today
0: yeah that's it my next question was what what does it look like for steve now and the future
1: okay um well today um i have found alcohol um today i fight addiction and you know i know a lot of people do um and I, I'm very public as, well, I guess we can see now about it. But I won't really get into the harm it's caused in my life. And believe me, there's been some. But what I'm going to get into real quick that if you're out there and you're really fighting addiction, um, here it is at 46 years old, I fight it. Um, and just like if I were fighting a snap hook, my first thought would be, to go find a golf instructor to try to eliminate this snapple. So today what I do is I have found a group of individuals at a recovery house where I live um, and it's awesome. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Um, I st- still struggle um, but I have a group behind me that if I start to fall, they grab me by the, the neck and pull me back up. They have the experience, the wisdom, and the knowledge to help Steve be able to make it in life. So I just wanted to share that, that if you are out there and you are struggling, there's nothing wrong with trying to put your guard down, pick up that phone, call for some help, find a local meeting. And try to really get yourself back on track. My future, um, I have no idea. I'm actually trying to live one day at a time. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. Um, here in the near future, i broke my, my left ring finger, so I'm gonna definitely be having to get that uh, sur- surgically fixed. Um, but after that, one day at a time for me, and I appreciate you having me, John, I really do. Um, I'm willing to do any interview at any time, and we'll go from there.
0: Well, uh, I would firstly like to um, thank you for being brave, to share that story. That's, some people like to be closed up with what's wrong with them. I, I suffered with mental health, and, not, not many people know that on the show and I don't mind sharing. When I left the military, I struggled. And I got through it and I practiced. And I think living moment by moment in the present is becoming more and more valuable to people's lives. Because we are uncertainty in the things that can happen and unfold in front of us at any given moment. We're, we're never in control of that. Look at the COVID situation how it's just literally one minute everybody's cutting around, flying all over the world, doing nothing, thing, and all of a sudden we're now in a position where we can't go anywhere. And nobody expected that. Nobody expected that when we play a certain sport or we, when we might leave the house for the last time, that the world is a very uncertain place. And Deepak Shafa, who looks at spiritual laws, he says one thing, let uncertainty become your friend. And I think you've just said that. You are letting the days unfold in front of you and taking that step by step. And I think without the struggles that you've gone through, by being able to understand that that's what you can do in the present is really powerful and and brave and it shows courage. And I would love to get you back on in a couple of months' time and share with us what's happened since we spoke and just putting the message out there towards people that if you are struggling in any way, Pick up the phone. Let you pick it up and ask somebody somewhere, because somebody down the line will know what to do and support you. Because It's isolating. It can become quite lonely to get through to.
1: Yeah, yeah, anytime, John. And thank you so much for having me.
0: I really appreciate it. And hopefully, if you need anything from me, just drop me a message, and we can have another chat. And I look forward to welcoming you back on to Keep Sharing. Thank you very much. All hi,
1: right. All right. hi. I appreciate it, my friend. And you take care. You too. Thank you.